Jazzcast Pros. Welcome to Living the Front Seat Life. I am your host, Coach Kelly Marie, recording from Buffalo, New York. This episode today may be a trigger for, for some. We're talking about suicidal ideation. And I want to let you know beforehand that I'm sharing my story and also what suicidal ideation looks like, um, as well as resources if you are in need of someone to talk to. So before we even dive into the show, I want to take time and give you the number to the National Suicide Prevention Helpline. That's 1-800-273-8255. Or you can text GO to 741-741 to reach a trained crisis counselor 24 hours, seven days a week, completely confidential. So today's podcast I recorded a while ago, actually, and wasn't going to share it. I recorded it because at the time I knew I needed to get the story out and to talk about it, but I I really wasn't ready to share it with the world. But so much has happened and I have grown immensely in the last just a few months that I am comfortable sharing this with you. I wanna let you all know that I am fine, I am safe, I am healthy. And suicidal ideation is a topic that we need to talk about and need to discuss. Um, I know that I am not the only one that deals with it. And so I want you to know if you do, that you are not alone, that if you need someone to talk to, there are people that are there 24 hours a day, seven days a week that you can speak with. So please, if you are in need of help, call the Suicide Prevention Helpline or go to your nearest emergency room where they can help you through your crisis. You are not alone. You are not your diagnosis. It is okay to ask for help. Welcome to Living the Front Seat Life. I'm your host, Kelly Marie, and I invite you to take this journey with me. We're gonna be talking about all things mental health and emotional well-being. You see, I am a overcomer. If you are interested in figuring out the path for you to determine how and where you will drive your future, this is the place to be. We get to determine the ride. We may not get to determine the weather or who's on the road with us or if it's going to be a scenic route or not, but we are the drivers. So join me on this ride living the front seat life. So what brought me to cover this topic today is my personal life with borderline personality disorder. And one of the symptoms of that disorder is suicidal ideation. So suicidal ideation is often called suicidal thoughts or ideas. Now, it's a very broad term, um, and that is a part of the issue around talking about it and helping people through it, is that it's a broad term used to describe a wide range of wishes, thoughts, contemplations, preoccupations, and such with death and suicide. Now, unfortunately, there's no universally accepted, um, consistent definition of suicidal ideation. And that leads to issues within caregiving, within 
a clinical setting within research and within educators. So why are we talking about it? Why, why this topic right now? Yeah, I mentioned it being a symptom of borderline personality disorder. And I'm often open and transparent about my life and what life is like with the mental illness, but there are bits and pieces that I don't share often. And so after that article that came out uh, a few weeks ago, about a month ago, from LISC, I really have been thinking about what it means to be radically transparent and how that looks in real life. I do believe that it is a topic that is not talked about often, if at all. Definitely not from the perspective of someone who lives with suicidal ideation. Really want to talk about the tools that I use in order to get through those times. So I would say on average, I, I probably have a thought about suicide and I am not suicidal. There's a difference between having thoughts about something and actively um, being something. So in this case, there's a difference between having thoughts about suicide and being suicidal. I'm not in danger of hurting myself. I don't want to harm or take my own life. Um, but this is really more about raising awareness about what happens on the inside, what you don't see. Uh, I often talk about what it means to be mentally healthy. And the podcast really focuses on mental health and what it means to be mentally healthy. But I want to look at what it looks like to work hard to increase your mental health when you live with a mental illness. And this is one of those facets of living with a mental illness with a mental health disorder. And my mine, well, one of them is borderline personality disorder. And so this thought of suicidal ideation is something that for me is usually a fleeting thought. It's nothing that stays long. It's usually in reaction to something that has occurred or boredom. So I guess not necessarily in reaction to anything that's occurred. My brain could just drift off into that direction. You know, there's no rhyme or reason that I've been able to really isolate or narrow down as to when they happen or when they don't happen. But when they do happen, there is another set of thoughts that I go through that I want to say force myself, for lack of a better word, to go through, to focus on, to ensure that the thoughts are fleeting, to ensure that they are not increasing or that the thoughts are not moving towards active planning or an active state of suicidal preparation or desire. This is really a tough episode for me to record. You could probably hear it in my voice. I'm a little, a little shaky. Normally I'm very, you know, confident and confident, I would say is probably the, the, the best word to come up with when I'm here talking with you guys. But, you know, this is a very intimate part of my life. And my mom often listens to the podcast. This is not something that she and I have talked about. So sorry, mommy, that you're finding out about it this way. But you might know. Who You never know what people know and what they don't know. I have had this conversation with one of my children. There are times where it's worse than others. But at no point at this stage of my life um, have I been suicidal or the ideation has taken form by way of circling around planning 
um, of suicide. And so what I've learned to do, and this started in inpatient um, psychiatric care eight years ago, was to understand that thoughts are just that. They're thoughts. We all have them. We all have wandering thoughts. We all have thoughts that we rather not think about. And I'm going to be honest, you guys, I thought everybody thought about suicide as much as I did. And it wasn't until, you know, you start having some honest conversations with people that you trust that I realized this is not a common theme, you know, in internal dialogue. The other side to that, though, is I know if I'm having these thoughts, other people are having them too. And I want you to know that you're not alone. It is perfectly okay to be in a place where you, when you can control your actions and control your responses to your thoughts, that they, the thoughts come and that's okay. It's knowing when you need help and it's knowing how to get help, where to get help when you need it. So I want to take a quick break and give you again the number to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. I want you to save it in your phone. It doesn't matter if, if it's for you or for someone else. If you're listening, I want you to save this number in your phone. It's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255. Or you can text GO to 741-741. Both are staffed with crisis counselors 24-7, seven days a week. This is a holiday season. They are there during the holidays. So if you are in need, please, I encourage you, to call them. You don't have to be suicidal to call. But if you're in need or if you're in crisis, I do um, strongly urge you to call or to text the crisis uh, helplines. The reason why I am asking that you save the number in your phone and you can save it. I've given the suggestion before. You can save it as a random person's name that you'll remember or a pizza shop or something that you'll remember, you'll know. You know, we have loved ones that, you know, may go through our phones and that is a whole nother issue of privacy and safety and, and, and that kind of thing. So save the number if you're uncomfortable saving it as what it is. Save it under another name, okay? Because you never know if you need to be there for someone else and you have the information that they need in order to, to be okay. Going back to the tips and tools that I know to implement when these thoughts occur. The first thing I do or don't do is I don't suppress the thoughts. I don't push them down. I don't put them in a box. I'm good at being able to compartmentalize and separate thoughts out and emotions out and put them up on the shelf. I know that this particular thing is not something that I can put in a box and put on the shelf because doing that increases its presence in my life. So I let the thought be. I let it exist. I don't feed into it. I don't give it any credence. I don't give it any flame or fuel. I don't marinate on it. I let it be. I acknowledge it and I move on. Now, what does that mean? You acknowledge it and you move on, right? That, that sounds very easy. Um, and for some people it is, and for others it's not. But for me, uh, it's a practice to be able to do that, to acknowledge the thought, the emotion, the feeling. And in this case, you know, we're talking about suicidal ideation and to move on. I move on by continuing on with my day 
I will move on by turning on some music. I love music. I will play some funk and or some dance hall and get my dance on in the house if I'm out and about because it's not, oh, I'm not always at home, right, when I have one of these thoughts. But um, I have no problem singing a song in my head. No one knows that I'm singing a song, right? They can't hear. They're not in my brain. They don't know what's happening, right? So I will sing a song inside if I can't sing it outside. Anything to give me positive vibes, good vibes, something positive to focus on. One of the other things that I know or know to notice is when I'm not able to do everything that I just mentioned. When I can't process it and let it be, it comes back, it stays with me, it grows. And in those cases, I know that I have my therapist who is a phone call away. I have my nurse practitioner who is a phone call away. I have the suicide prevention helpline who's a phone call away. I have our um, adult trauma center. They have a, an emergency psychiatric uh, department. I have no problem driving myself to the emergency room. None whatsoever. I have no pride within me that says that is not something I can do. I'd rather do that than to have myself in a situation. I'd rather go and be safe than to think that I can handle it on my own. I've learned that I can't handle everything on my own. Everything is not meant to be handled on its own. And help is available. Help is there. So I have in place several stopgap measures, right? Including talking to my friends. And there are certain ones I can call. Some of my friends complain all the time. And so I don't call them when I'm in a, a place, right? I, I know that when I need to talk to someone who either is full of good vibes or I can be honest with and let them know where I am and you know what I'm dealing with. They know that they are those people for me. So I'm sharing all of this with you again because one, you may be one of those people for someone or you may deal with suicidal ideation or you might have always wondered what it means, what it's like, how does it work? And again, I wanna make sure that I stress that it is something that varies from person to person. My set of skills may work for me and they won't work for someone else. Someone else may have to have a, a whole different regimen for dealing with suicidal ideation. We all are on this journey, on this path together. And, you know, again, my focus is always mental health, but I, I wanted to take some time and dive in so you see or, or get a glimpse of what happens in this brain of mine from time to time and how I manage. And so when I talk about tools, when I talk about the road being tough, when I talk about, um, you know, making sure that you have plans in place and that you practice self-care, it's because of moments like these. Self-care is so very important. This is a form of self-care. You know, knowing where to go, knowing who to call, working through your fears, working through your embarrassment for seeking help, that's all self-care. It's more than getting your nails done and getting your hair cut. Self-care is often very difficult work, and that is okay, because our goal is to be healthy, right? And so if our goal is to be healthy, 
we have to dig out some of the unhealthy routines, some of the unhealthy thoughts, some of the unhealthy practices. We've got to root them out and get rid of them. The only way to do that is to address them, to call them out, to talk about what they are, to put tools in place that can help you help yourself. And at the same time, to be available to others to help them. So I want to leave on a happy note. My birthday is coming up. I will be 45 in a couple of weeks. At least I think I'm going to be 45. I'm not going to lie, guys. I've been trying to do the math. I'm almost positive. I'm currently 44 and I'll be 45. And so this year I've decided to let the heat turn on again. Ugh. So this year I've decided to do something fun. I don't know what that is, but I don't really celebrate my birthday. I love um, celebrating other people's birthdays. And uh, this year I'm going to celebrate mine. So I don't know what that is going to look like, but I'm going to keep y'all posted. So until the next time, I encourage you to be the light as always. You know, just be there for someone. Be an ear, be uh, a shoulder, be arms to hug, be a smile, be what someone needs in their darkest time. So again, remember this time of year is not easy for everyone. It's not a joyous time of year for everyone. You know, folks need someone that understands. They need someone that gets it. And hopefully you can be one of those people that gets it for someone else. Until the next time, be the light. Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Kelly. The hosts of Getting Real with Bossy, the real, raw, and honest podcast about small business ownership. We created Bossy to be a safe place to ask the hard questions and to get support that's necessary. With our experience, nine businesses in over 25 years, we continue to bear it all and share what we wish we had known. We move past the must-be-nices and start getting real. Come along as we interview small business owners and get the true story. Leave with another tool for the next time you feel alone on this journey. Business ownership leads to unexpected knowledge. What are you an expert at? Tell us at Getting Real with Bossy and subscribe today.